Hey, y'all. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be what? Glad in it. Comment down below if you finish that scripture with me. So my name is Shantavia, but you can call me Shay, and I am your host of Obedience Podcast. Here at Obedience Podcast, our mission is to simply obey. Obey is an acronym that stands for O, obeying God, B, believing in God's word, E, evolving your kingdom walk, and Y, yielding to Holy Spirit. So if you think you'll be interested in our content, if you're watching over on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button down below. And if you're listening on any of our podcasts and platforms, be sure to hit that follow button so you all are notified every single time we upload. But for all of our returning subscribers and listeners, welcome back and let's go ahead and jump into this episode. It's such an honor to have you here because you could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to be here with me. And that is such an honor. So this episode is going to be a little different. If you guys are loyal listeners and you remember a couple months ago, I told you all that God led me to start Testimony Tuesday. And I am proud to say that we have finally gotten our first Testimony Tuesday guest here and she is ready for the interview and I am so ready to interview her. But before we get her on the screen, I do want to give you guys a little introduction on who she is. So let me pull out my handy dandy notebook for you all. And we are going to get into our guest for today. Okay. So our guest is Mrs. Lexi B. Johnson. So she is a speaker and host of the podcast, God Plus Girl Podcast. And her only mission, she says, in life is to help the lost find God and their freedom to eliminate guilt and shame from their past. Lexi says that she knows all too well of the mental tricks that the enemy uses. And so she teaches like-minded believers how to renew their mind and align their thoughts with the word of God, especially those who struggle with feeling worthy all by focusing on building a stronger personal relationship with God. Oh, that is such an amazing mission, y'all. And it's so related to what Obedience Podcast is about. As you guys heard at the beginning, the mission of Obedience Podcast is just to obey. So to teach people to be obedient to God, to teach people to believe in God's word, to evolve their kingdom walk. And that is what Lexi is all about. She's all about evolving like-minded kingdom walking people to evolve their kingdom walk grow closer to God and stop letting the enemy rule them y'all she has an amazing testimony and I cannot wait for you all to get into what God is doing in her life and I pray what God has done in her life and continues doing her life I pray that it helps someone out there I really pray that this interview exudes exactly what God envisioned when he gave me the vision for Testimony Tuesday. So we're going to go ahead and bring her up, and I hope that you all enjoy. Hi. Hey, sis. <laughs> it is so nice to finally meet you again. We were talking off camera, y'all, and we've been in the same circle before, and I'm just realizing it. <laughs> yes, it's crazy how God works. He always brings people right back around just in time. So this I am ready for. <laughs> just in time. I love that so much. So before we get deep into the episode, I do like to start with prayer just to invite why I just call my co-host and Holy Spirit. So I'm going to take a little moment. We're going to pray and then we'll jump right into it. Okay. All right. All right. So Father God, I want to thank you for allowing us 
to get on this platform together. I want to thank you for the vision for Testimony Tuesday, and I pray that we're able to get out exactly what you envision for Testimony Tuesday. And I pray that Lexi's story is able to help exactly who you intended for it to help. And I pray, Lord, that as we go through this, we can be honest, open, and transparent, and we can speak with your mouth, and people are listening with your ears. And I pray with any technical difficulties. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Yes. So in my podcast, I have a segment called High and Low. So basically what it's used for is for you to big up God for any good thing that he's done. It could be this week, this month, this year, just something you want to say. This is what God did for me to let others know what he's done. And then also any areas that you may have that you want us to be in agreement with for you all. Because, you know, the scripture says when two or more in agreement. And that's what I like to do over here. So. I'll let you start first since you are the guest. So do you want to start with a high or low? It's up to you, Sean. Let's start on the good side. Um, I would like to thank God. Really, I've been really, really thankful these last couple of months. Um, I have made the transition back into full-time work, um, which has been really, really crazy. There has been a lot of feelings, a lot of anger, a lot of doubt, a lot of fear during this transition. But after making this transition, I see how God is moving and I like I clearly see the next steps. And just to be clear, full-time work, working for somebody else was something that I was a hundred percent against. In mm-hmm. 2017 is when I first, when I officially quit my job um, and I took a step out on faith. When I, Let's just be clear. <laughs> Cause when I say I take a step, I took a step out on faith. I really took a step out and did something that I wanted to do and just kept asking God to bless it. Who I went about that the wrong way. And so I originally got into real estate. And so that was my first kind of like jump into entrepreneurship. And ever since then, it kind of felt as if I kept finding the reasons why God was calling me into entrepreneurship rather than working for someone else. Because how many of us know that it's so easy for us to hear God say yes to something that we already want him to say yes to. And so with that for how, what year is it? 2023? So from 2017 up until 2022, I was on my own. I did everything from a clothing brand. I did my podcast, which is God Plus Girl. I did coaching. I did almost everything under the sun until I decided that it was time for a change and I got back into full-time work. And God literally blessed me with my dream position. When I started filling out for jobs, I wanted to get into HR. Had no experience in HR whatsoever, but I just felt like this is where I needed to be. So I tried everything and could not get that. Yes, I kept getting shut down. And it was at one point where I took a part-time job and I was so angry at God because I'm like, I've been doing all these things. This is what you said. You said I'm supposed to go back to work and all of this, but you're not giving me what you, I'm not seeing what you said. Ooh, I'm not seeing what you said. That is a, I say that a lot to God. How, how, why am I not seeing what you said? But 
I, I took it even though it was against everything, you know, what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And God showed me in that time that it's okay for us to go backwards in order to for him to catapult us where he really wants us to be. And that was my whole transition. So from my part-time job, I ended up getting the experience I needed to get into the position I'm in now without having a degree, without having that HR experience that a lot of these jobs are telling me no because of. And so that is my big Thank you. Not only has he put me in a position where I make good money, I have a decent schedule. I'm still able to be present with my family at the end of the day. He also put me with people who truly care about me, who truly care about my well-being and my family's well-being. So I thank God each and every day, even when I don't want to go to work, because not only did he he bless me, but he blessed me with uh, something so amazing that I never knew I wanted. That's absolutely amazing. I'm so happy for you. And I love the way that God works. Sometimes you're frustrated in that part-time job. And he's just like, no, I'm preparing you for something. I'm preparing you for something. <laughs> yes. And that's that's just how it goes. A lot of us don't like, we see things sometimes as beneath us, or we've been there, done that, or I should be like, that should be keeps us stuck and stagnant so much. And we are missing out on the lessons that he's trying to teach us. We're missing out on the character building. He's trying to get us to, you know, he, he wants us to be in a certain position so that when we receive that blessing we're able to keep it we're able to sustain it and so yeah he it was like god i don't want this why am i here and he's like no i got you (laughs) that's so good it reminds me of a podcast episode i did because i've been i just recently turned 30 in august and so (laughs) (laughs) i what i did for the month of august is i just sat and i reflected on what God did, you know, in 29, which is something I've been doing since 26. But Mm -hmm. as I've been telling my viewers, like the year of 29 was a hard year for me. It was a lot of weariness, a lot of why am I doing this? Like we talked about before y'all got on, uh, we met virtually back in either 2020 or 2021. We're still around doing this. It's been a lot of time. And I just felt like I wasn't as experienced as I needed to be. But in one of my episodes, God relates to me that experience is required. Like you just said, like, I need you to go through this. So when I present to you your next lesson, you'll be prepared. So be patient in the season that you're in and you will see the benefits once you get to the end. Amen. Yes. But I can relate to that. Well, I'm so happy for you, like I said. And you HR is very hard to get into. I remember when I was getting out of college, I was trying to get an HR and they were like, you don't have a degree. You don't have a degree. I said, okay, I'll just do something different. They gave me that chance. And so. (laughs) I love it. So grateful for that. Okay. Do you want to share a low moment, something that my obedience family can be in prayer with you about? Oh, yes. So (laughs) this one is near and dear to my heart. It is about my baby boy. I have an 11 year old son and he was diagnosed with autism back in, oh, he was probably three years old, I believe. Um, And so it's something that we've been managing, something we've been going through. Um, But recently there has been, um, he's been dealing with a lot of negative thoughts. Um, And so that is just what I want prayer for my baby boy and for his thoughts to be aligned with what God says, what, how God sees him. And it's just been, that's something that has been weighing heavy on me. 
he has gone through a lot. <laughs> and as Mama Bear, it has been very hard for me not to pull those claws out. I really hear God really telling me um, in this season that it is not my job to defend. And it is not my job to protect that it is his job. And so I am trying to pull back the reins <laughs> and let God work how he works, because I know it's going to all work out how it needs to. But that would be my low moment. It's just these these things my baby boy is going through right now. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll definitely be keeping him in my prayers and also you as well, because I know as a parent, well, I'm not a parent. But I know parents, and I know it is so hard for them to not be on go mode like you want to be. We, maybe I can tell you <laughs> stories, but then we'll get all off topic. <laughs> but the claws have been out for so very long. When when you are autism mom, you have to realize that you you have to fight. You have to be an advocate for your baby because no one knows them like you do. No one is going to really care for him or I'm not going to say no one, but it's very rare that you find someone that's going to care for your child the way that you do. And along this journey, I've had people tell me that, um, you know, he doesn't need services who didn't believe that he had autism because he is, you know, high functioning or things. And I've had people who just downright treated him like he was just a bad child. And I've had to go toe to toe to make sure that these people, these teachers, administrators, whoever are seeing him and hearing him and understanding him and getting him the right resources. So it ain't been easy, but it has been worth it. I'll say that. Well, I am. Glad he got you as a mom. Okay. So, <laughs> him. but I'm so glad too that you yield to God and listen to what God is telling you to do. If you don't know, the mission of my podcast is obey. It's like an acronym. And the fourth, that's why is yield. Like I always encourage my listeners, just yield to God. Listen to what he's telling you to do and do what he's telling you to do, not what you want to do. Because it's really hard. Like you said at the beginning. You can always help when God say yes. When he says no, it's like, I hear what you said. I need you to say it again. But Right. Give me another sign. <laughs> you sure you meant that sign? <laughs> <laughs> we never can hear that no for some reason. That's so true. But the fact that, you know, you heard God say, okay, chill out. I'm going to handle it. And you're listening to him. I love that. Yes. Yes. Because it, it's a two-way street. That's one thing that I, I kind of teach. Um, well, when I was coaching and I do mention this on my podcast, prayer and this relationship with God, it's a two way street. You can't just go to him with your questions and your worries and venting. You have to be able to sit and be able to listen because yeah. he's going to speak. But you have to open your ears, as you said, and you help me open my ears. Yes, that's what God needs you to do. On mm -hmm. his behalf, in his way, but okay. Look, I'm getting preachy. Let me say, because <laughs> I, I can go on with you. Because I was just about to say, I like to tell people to look at your relationship with God. How you look at it with other people. If you had a friend who just called you and just told you all their problems, and you never listened to their problems, would they appreciate that? Mm. They wouldn't at all. <laughs> <laughs> or if you were in a relationship with your significant other. And they never call and talk to you. Like if you never pray to God, they don't like that. And so it's real simple to treat your relationship. It's real simple. Yes, yes ma'am. <laughs> okay. Well, with that being said, uh, what you said actually can lead right into my low moment. Like if you 
pray to God and then yield to him and take time to listen. He will talk to you. And so I have asthma. That's that's my law. So last night I started being bothered with it. And I was just, I it's really regulated. You know, I, we pretty much have it under control, me and my doctor. And so last night I started having issues. And I was just like, why am I having issues? Like I haven't been around the my normal triggers. You know, why am I having issues? And I woke up just feeling even worse. And so, you know, in my quiet time, I was like, Lord, lead me to what's going on. And so as I was literally sitting up here editing, he revealed to me what it was. And so it's two things. So I've been taking this decongestant. And while it's really been clearing up, you know, my sinus and stuff, it has been messing with my lungs. But then the second thing he revealed to me is I have a, what is it called? A deodorant, but it's like in a can. Mm-hmm. And I that my body can't handle the spray version of that deodorant. And mm. I just started using it primarily this week because I ran out of milk. And so between like this week, these five days, I can like, as I was editing, I was hearing myself like coughing. I was just like, oh, that's what it was. Like as I was coughing along, I was like, that's what's it. Remember you started this day. So mm-hmm. I didn't use it today. I started taking my steroids because I already know my little routine. But I would like you all to be in prayer, you know, that my asthma does get better. I can get it back regulated, but I'm believing by faith that it'll be back to normal in less than three days. Amen. 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 I love how he see God. Some he 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 works like that. Sometimes he'll point us right to what's going on, right? And it is if we ask specifically. Mm-hmm. I want to point out how you said, God help me figure it out. You didn't just pray that it went away. You didn't just pray that he miraculously cured it. You asked him to point out what is going on with you. And that's exactly what he did. And that's a testament of being specific and detailed in your prayers. Yes. You got to be specific. (laughs) Got to be. Got to be. (laughs) I remember one time I prayed to God. I was just like, you know, God, I want to grow closer to you. And I was not specific at all. And I grew closer to him, but not in the way I wanted to at all. <laughs> you know, I went down the hard path, but you know, it was all mm. good. <laughs> Look, it all turned out. You turned out right where you needed to be, so it all worked out. Yes, my high goes into this too. Look, you just you in my mind. So, uh, <laughs> so this past Sunday was my grandma's family and friends' day at the church I actually grew up. And so I was able to spend Sunday with most of my family. A lot of us showed up on my grandma. So that was really nice. And to be in my home church and to see a lot of those people was really nice. But in the sermon, he talked about, you know, how how a lot of times we pray for God to take us back somewhere. And there's no reason for us to go back to that place because when he has you now, you wouldn't want anything any different. Mm. And that's exactly how I feel about a lot of things that I've been through. Like they were tough to go through. But if I wouldn't have gone through some of those, then I wouldn't be the person I am, you know, right now. So I do appreciate that. So it was a good sermon and everything. I was really appreciative. Yes. Ooh, that's that's a word. That's a whole <laughs> word that turned into a whole podcast for me. <laughs> I love it. You told me. I can't wait. <laughs> Ooh, but. If I'm being honest, it's that same thought that kind of led me to even starting my podcast, that everything that I went through 
was for somebody else. Mm -hmm. I remember when, not only when I first started my podcast, but when I first shared my story on my podcast, one of the things that I I remember on my Facebook post, I said something along the lines of, I'm sharing my story so the next person doesn't have to go through it. Mm -hmm. And it's all like, and that is what, how I saw and that's how God helped me realize the purpose and the pain that I was going through. He helped me realize that I went through this so that I can help someone else heal from it. So I can help someone else not have to go through it. Or even if they did go through it, how to bounce back from it. And it all worked out for my good. Now I, I have this podcast where it started off as, you know, just, Therapy for me. That's what it really was. It started off on me being just talking and getting my feelings out. That helped me. But then it started helping other people. And I'll never forget the first time I had, it was a 14 year old girl DM me on Instagram and said, because of this podcast, I've grown my relationship with God. I've gotten closer to him. I've accepted him into my life. Before this, I didn't think that God was for me. And that hit me. I didn't think God was for me, but I listened to your podcast and I thank you for being like, and this was a 14 year old girl. And I was just to have that impact on someone so young, so impressionable, going through so many things can be influenced by so many other sources right now to be able to share something. And it was my, my story that she said originally um, attracted her to it, to be able to share that something that I was afraid of sharing, something that I didn't want anyone else to hear or know and see that it has helped someone right then and there. A guy was like, this is why, that's why I told you to do it. I absolutely love that. And those teenagers are hard. Holy. <laughs> Look, and I have, I have almost a preteen. I, I, I'm not ready. I ain't ready, girl. <laughs> but I love it. So I love that God was able to, you know, reveal that to you because you need that in ministry. I know you can relate because you have this ministry that you're doing, but sometimes it can feel like, okay, God, why do you have me doing this? Why am I still out here? And then that little reminder, okay, this is why it was, if this one soul is saved, then I'm satisfied. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just love that so much. Amen. If one soul is saved. Mm-hmm. Well, since you mentioned your story, we can go ahead and switch over to that because I am so excited for you to share your testimony. And let me just say this the little sneak peek I got, I am so honored to have you as my first testimony Tuesday because I do feel like this is why God led me to just have a whole platform to just let people share their testimonies to really get his word out. So I'm going to open the floor to you. I'm going to take my note. All right. Let's go ahead and get into it. I'm going to try not to cry. (laughs) I always seem to get a little teary eyed every time I tell this story, but, and also before I get started, trigger warning, there is mention of domestic violence violence and abuse let's just say that so if it bothers you I would go ahead and say to go ahead and skip this one I would understand we will understand I put a time stamp of okay we, y'all can skip to the discussion about the podcast how about that all right <laughs> all right let's go ahead and get into it so my story I'm not even gonna say my story starts I would say the beginning of my breakthrough starts because my story 
starts long before that. I am all of my life have been a victim of some sort of abuse, childhood abuse, emotional abuse, physical, verbal abuse. That's just how my lifestyle was growing up. That was my 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 household. And so because I was so used to that, it is no surprise that when I started to get into intimate relationships that I would not necessarily go after, but that that abuse would be normal. So I didn't question it when I met my son's father. And so before even moving down to Florida, which is where this all happens, we were already pretty much in a very, very toxic situation. It was on again, off again, very, very bad. And so there was a time where my son was in the hospital. He was had RSV in the ICU. And before that point, I hadn't been in touch with my son's father at all. He came up and somehow that kind of led to us making this plan that we were going to move down to Florida. And so a few weeks later, after my son gets out of the hospital, I literally pack up everything that I have, put it in my truck, and I'm gone down to Florida where I have no one but this man who's already pretty much abusive. Um and things were pretty bad starting off, but they didn't get as bad until, or it got worse, I will say, in June of 2013 when I was diagnosed with HIV. Um, at this time, looking back at it, I realized that this man intentionally did this. He knew about this beforehand and just completely decided to play with my life. Um, I learned that I he I had contracted it from him and I learned pretty quickly. Um, when I got tested, uh, they told me just by my blood work that they could tell that it had not been in my system for very long. So I knew that it was nobody else other than him. Uh -huh. um, and so at that point, that's when it started to become very, very abusive, very where it actually started to get physical. It was already emotional, you know, verbally yelling, arguing, all of that toxic mess. But then there was this point where he felt as if if I didn't suppress this then he was going to have to just uproot his whole life and coming down there for would have been for nothing. And so I remember after getting that news, crying in the bed and him telling me that I could not cry because if I did, he would have to take care of me and he would have to drop out of school. And again, everything would have been for nothing. And so I remember at that point sucking it up. I remember not telling a soul because how could I tell someone that I had HIV? It was, it's still so stigmatized. People don't understand it. People don't, you know, know what it means. And I was the same way. I, I can't lie. When I first found out, I was the same exact way. Um, but anyways, I will say that even after getting that diagnosis, unfortunately, I stayed. I stayed in that abusive relationship because just like every, just I'm not going to say just like everyone else thought that's in my mind. That's me projecting. I believe that everyone would see me as being worthless, unworthy of love, unworthy of grace, unworthy of all of these things. And I can also say during this time, I was beefing with God. I wasn't really close at the time. I wasn't really close with God. Before I moved down there, I start going to church. I start um, trying to take my son to church and all of these things. But after I was diagnosed, I just felt as if God hated me. Like 
I had the evidence before because I was a child and I'm like, well, God didn't bring me parents who loved me. He didn't bring me people who could protect me. So he must hate me. He must not like me. And then this, then being HIV positive. And it's like this whole God, why me? Why me? Why me? So fast forward to about a year later. During this, at this time, I had had a miscarriage. I was in a deep and dark depression. I was isolated from all of my friends. Um, I remember there being this huge argument between me and him where he was hitting me. And this is all in front of his mother. He was hitting me. He pulled a gun out on me and put it to my head and told me that he was going to kill me. And it's always hard to share this part of the story because I remember when he put that gun to my head and he told me that he was ending my life. My mind was just like, do it. At that point, it felt like I had nothing to live for. It felt like I like and I say that not even thinking about my child at the time because he had promised me that he I would never see my child again. And it was just like, I am ready for this to end. I've been at I've had a life full of abuse at this point. If you want to end it, let's end it. And I remember telling, do it. And it's hard for me to look back at it right now, like just thinking about how deep and how down and dark I was. Like I was in the pits. I was in the pits and I didn't see a way out of it. And so I remember that at that time, you know, by the grace of God, he did not do it. I don't know. I don't know why God saved me. I, well, I can't say I don't know anymore you know. because he, I, I, exactly. I was just going to say that. I know. I know why he saved me. He had a plan. He had, he had something not only just for me, but for the thousands of women and the thousands of people that I would be connected to in the future, you know, from that point. And so I remember having to walk home. This is in the Florida heat, y'all. It was about a 30, a 20 minute drive. So it was an hour plus walk. I tried to walk all the way home to try to get to my baby. By the time I got there, he wasn't there. He had taken my child. It was just a whole, a whole mess. And I remember having to call the police. I remember um, so that he could bring my child back. And that night, I remember locking myself in my son's room, packing up all of our stuff. And the next day, I was out of there. I did not look back. I didn't have a dollar to my name. I didn't have a phone. I didn't have anything. It was just me, my baby, and a majority of his stuff. I probably packed myself one or two outfits. And I made my way back to St. Louis with nothing with not a dollar, with not a job, with not a inkling of what I was going to do. I just knew that if I wanted to be there for my child, if I wanted to continue to live, I could not be in that situation anymore. Mm-hmm. And still at this point was not close to God. And I got back to St. Louis, sleeping on my friend's couch, sleeping in bunk beds with my son, sharing twin beds with him. And, and I really got down and grinded. I got a job. I got me a car. I got our, uh, us a place. And I can't even remember when things started to, I, I can't even say when I, they started to look up. When they, It seemed like things were changing. I started to feel better. And when I started to feel better, that's exactly when I felt like depression was coming back and knocking down at my door. 
It was like I had no choice at the beginning. I had no choice but to keep going. I had no choice because I had a child that was dependent on me. I had to find a way for us to live. I had to make money. And you, you know, when you're in survival mode, you don't have a chance to stop and think. But when I finally got my apartment, I finally got us, you know, settled. That's when all of, it all started to hit me again. And it was to the point where I couldn't eat, couldn't sleep, couldn't do anything. Like all I wanted to do was lay in bed. And that is when I first quit my job in 2017. Okay. That's a lot. <laughs> so just a recap for everyone in 2000. <laughs> I was diagnosed with HIV in a very abusive relationship. By this time, I'm now back on my feet and depression is knocking at my door like never before. And I did not realize until my son was about five or six that I, how deep I was. And he's the one that kind of snapped me out of things. I'll say that. I remember um, just thinking, looking at him and him smiling and I'm just so blah. He was, you know, excited to come. I can't even remember. Come and show me something. And I'm just like, not present at all. And I remember watching him go back up the stairs and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have been depressed for majority of his life. And he deserved a better mother. I deserved to be a better partner. Like it was, it was just time. And so at that time I started getting into church I started going to therapy and it was during my very first fast that I completely botched. I, I laugh at this all the time. I have never, I never did a fast before and my church was doing the Daniel fast. And so I didn't know what exactly the Daniel fast was. I thought, you know, I just could, I, I, I think I chose that I wasn't going to eat sweets and I could like do red meat, but I was still eating fish. I was still eating fried foods. I was still doing all those things. <laughs> and I tell that story because a lot of people think it's about you following the rules to a T that you get those blessings. Yeah. And it's really not. It's about the position of your heart because I didn't do that fast right at all. But God knew that I was putting some, I was putting it on the line and I was coming for something. Not only just in it at the time, it wasn't that I wanted a podcast. I was asking God for healing. I was asking God to restore the things that I had lost, the things that were broken inside of me so that I could be a better, a better person, a better mother, a better wife. He was, I was asking God for that, those things. But during that time, that's when God gave me the idea of God plus girl. And that was November of 2018. I'll never forget. I'm like, but God, no, I don't like talking to people. You know, I don't, I, I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to share my story. Like I was, I was a really, really private person, especially after being in an abusive relationship. As I said before, I had already isolated myself from so many people that it had just become natural for me to be alone and natural for me to be by myself. So when God said, oh, no, you're going to talk, you're going to speak, you're going to inspire others, they're going to, you you know, you're going to lead. And I'm like, God, mm -mm, mm -mm, that's not for me. <laughs> Pick somebody else. <laughs> Pick somebody else. <laughs> oh, but that is like the gist of my story is that I went through something. 
that I did not think that I was going to be able to come out of, that I didn't think that I was going to be able to face. Not only just me being HIV positive, but me as a strong woman, being a domestic abuse survivor, that was something that was really hard for me. That was a hard pill for me to swallow. In fact, it was quite easier for me to say I'm an HIV survivor than a domestic abuse survivor. And I have I'm still trying to unpack why that is with God, like why. But I came out of something that most people feel as if should be the end of you, should be the end all be all. I've had people tell me that I don't deserve to be happy, that they don't, that they believe that my happiness is a lie because I have this. And it's just to me a testament that God is showing that he can work and he can do so many amazing things, no matter what your past is, no matter how other people see you, because others may see me as dis- uh, disqualified or unqualified. Like we said, and get trying to get into HR, others may have seen me as unqualified, but God already qualified me for that position. He already qualified me for me to speak to the masses, for me to help women who not only are HIV positive, but who feel like they are displaced or not worthy of love and especially his love. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. A couple things I wrote, I wrote in my notes. So the first thing when you said that you you and your uh son's father, y'all were already separated and then somehow or another y'all got back together and moved to Florida. Oh yes. That made me think about something I just mentioned earlier. I did like a 20 things I learned in my 20s video. Mm -hmm. And I said, the enemy will make it really easy for you to connect back with something or someone who God told you like to get away from. Oh, yes. He will make it. Yes, yes, yes. And let me tell you exactly what he used. Because I already know. He used my fear. Mm-hmm. When I first got pregnant, the very first thing after I told him was that I am afraid to do this on my own. Mm-hmm. And after watching my son being hooked up to tubes in the hospital, in the NICU, all I wanted to do was be by his side. I didn't want to leave. And I was afraid. And here this man came promising me that I could be this stay at home mom. I could build my own business. Like I said, all entrepreneurship in my mind was my goal. But I was so afraid of doing it on my own that I ignored all of the red flags Mm -hmm. that were there that were already present because that's what the enemy does, as you said. And I don't mean to cut you off. Sorry. (laughs) But he uses he uses your fear because and I say this a lot that the enemy, although he is not as powerful as our God. He sometimes knows just as much. He knows your past. He knows your mistakes. He knows what you're afraid of. He knows the things that you're anxious about, your insecurities. And so he uses all of that. The mind is where the the enemy tries to play and makes his biggest moves and tries to take you down. He knows everything that you're thinking, just like God does. And he uses it for the negative. He wants you to believe the lies that he's telling you. So it's up to us to be to question those thoughts. To question, to make sure that what we're hearing, what we're believing, what we're taking in as truth is actually aligned with what God has said. Mm -hmm. That is so true. What you said about the enemy. uh, I always go back to, you know, when the the enemy tempted Jesus, he knew all he he tried to quote scripture and he knew he was quoting it wrong. Mm. 
but to somebody who didn't know the word, they were like, okay, yeah, he's right. Yeah, you know, with Eve, that whole situation. So like you said, he's very savvy. And he knows these things. But like you said, he's not as strong as our God. And that's why we have to know his tricks. Like I did an entire episode because I think it's so important to know how the enemy works. Mm-hmm. I know in that video, what I did is I parallel, you know, how he tempted Eve. Everybody knows she she, she failed, y'all. Everybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> Give a grace. So I, Give her grace. <laughs> so I took, you know, what happened in that situation and compared it to, you know, what Jesus did in his situation when he couldn't tempt him because Jesus already knew. And every single, I won't say every day, but I'll say about every week, I have to sit there and I have to reapply what God says about me, what God told me to do, because the enemy will put stuff in your mind and make you think you're crazy or make you Mm -hmm. think, oh, I'm not supposed to be here. Oh, I'm not good enough. The first place he goes to is your mind because nobody can see your mind. They can't defend you against your mind. You can't have a friend be like, no, that's not what the the enemy says it's not true. Got what God mm-hmm. said. It's in your mind. They don't know. They can't help like yeah. So that's the first place. There was, there's this, um, this saying that I heard and it's been sticking with me. We know the scripture that the enemy roams around like a roaring lion, you know, looking for something to skip, steal, kill and destroy all of yeah. those things. Right. One thing that a pastor had pointed out is why a lion roars, right? We believe that a lion roars just, you know, to intimidate us. But what we don't realize is that those roars are mainly empty. He's doing this not as I'm going to get you. He's doing this as I'm trying to scare you to get you to back down before you become a threat. And so we have to understand that when the lion, the enemy is roaring and when we're, he's roaring, he's trying to get us to believe those negative things, those negative thoughts. I'm not worthy. No one will ever love me. I will never be good enough. He wants us to believe all those things, but all of those are empty threats. Just like when a lion is roaring, all those are empty threats as well. So we have to remember that those things that the enemy is trying to get us to believe, to take stronghold in our mind, take root in our mind, they're Mm -hmm. all empty. They, they, they hold no truth. They hold no weight. And so when we, we have to immediately, as it says in the word, arrest that thought, capture that thought. That's something that I always preach is that you have to take, be intentional. You have to think about your thinking, right? You have to think about the things that you're thinking about. And it sounds so funny to say that, but at the same time, it's so true because if you allow those thoughts to just ruminate in your mind, if you allow those thoughts to become truth, before you even fact check them, then the enemy has won. Fact check. I love that. That is so yeah, good. That's, you got to fact check it. <laughs> so I'm definitely keeping that in my memory bank. Because, you know, now that I think about it, I do watch a lot of documentaries, a lot of like animal documentaries. And you are so yes. right. Because when lions are lioness, I should say, when they go and hunt, their prey does not see them until they're right up on them. Because they're mm-hmm. going to blend into the grass and so they get right up on them. That is so good. Mm-hmm. It makes yes, me think about, you know, uh, I always like to say this. Little dogs, they have so much bark. They bark more than the big dog. <laughs> to you. That's what it made me think of. The enemy is just like a little bitty dog, just barking, barking, barking. And he can't even do anything. Hear the chihuahua. That's all it is. That's all. <laughs> Look, and I laugh because I'm, I'm only five foot. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so sometimes I be feeling like I'm that little chihuahua. So <laughs> I already know how it is. <laughs> Knowing that I can't do nothing, like I, I ain't gonna back down from a fight. <laughs> but I know I ain't got a lot of I ain't got a lot of bite in me sometimes. <laughs> oh, you do. You are a strong woman. I'm telling you, you like you said, your story is not an easy one to tell, but I'm so glad that you're doing it because I feel like it needs to be represented more, especially in women of color. Yeah. I just don't feel like it's seen a lot. We don't hear those types of testimonies or not. So people think it's abnormal when yes. it's not. It can happen to anybody. It can. And what's crazy is like people also think like it has to come from you have to have some adverse lifestyle to be, yeah. you know, you have to be doing dr I was in a monogamous or what I believe to be a monogamous relationship mm -hmm. when I contracted this and I knew nothing about it. I thought that it was a death sentence. I thought that it was the end of my life. I thought it was the end of my world. I had fears of like every little thing that I did. Am I going to hurt my baby? Am I going to like, it, I was so scared. I was like, it was a lot. But the more that I start to educate myself on it, the more that, I mean, at this point I have no choice, <laughs> right? Yeah. But the more that I started to educate myself on it, the more God really showed me that, hey, I got you. Hey, I'm right here by your side. <laughs> I was like, okay. I it, it was so weird because it's hard to trust someone who you felt has let you down so many times before. And I will say the only thing that if there is anyone out there who's listening, who is struggling with getting that relationship with God, getting a closer relationship with God, I am going to challenge you to be honest about what it is you're feeling. Yes. Be honest about how you feel about God. Tell him that you're angry. Tell him that you feel left out, uh, let down and that you're disappointed. Be honest with, with what you're feeling, because at the end of the day, he already knows. He already knows, yeah. right? He knows everything, beginning, middle, and end. So if you're coming to him and trying to seem as if everything's okay, we're fine, me and him, you know, I'm just close with God. I don't feel anything. He he sees right through that. He can't do anything with that that closed offness. He can't <laughs> help you. So just be honest about it. And I promise you, he's not going to get mad. I yeah. promise you, he's not going to stop loving you. He's probably going to love you more, <laughs> Right. He wants that honesty because it's with that honesty, it's with that openness, it's when you allow yourself to be weak and vulnerable with him, is he allowed to work? Mm -hmm. And that's so true. He he already knows. <laughs> I remember already. one time I found myself, because I prayer journal, that's how I like to pray, because my mind will wonder if I don't prayer journal. So oh, I remember one time I was sitting there trying to like repent and, you know, tell God, you know, I'm sorry that I committed this sin. And I remember my crazy behind put it in asterisks. And I said, now, why you got these in asterisks? God already know what you did. <laughs> <laughs> he already know what you did. And so I just had to go and just mark those out and be like, yeah. Well, right. not you doing your coding it for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I was. It was all for me because he already knew. He was like, I'm going to need you to say it. Say it with say. your chest. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm gonna forgive you with my chest, so I need you to say it with your chest. So. Oh, that's a word. <laughs> I'm gonna forgive you with your with my chest because that's he is. There's nothing that you can do that God won't forgive you for. He's forgiving right. you before you did it. Right. 
Exactly. <laughs> and I, I remember I used to be so hard on myself about sin because it was never the sense of I felt like God wasn't going to forgive me. I would just be like so hard on myself because I'd be like, Shayna, you knew better. Now, why you do that? And so it would be so hard for me. And I have this virtual Bible study that I do every Thursday and it's called Seek Bible Study. And so I have these workbooks and God will send me the books. And I remember God sent me Jonah. And when he sent me Jonah, I saw my little cousin. So I'm just like, oh, this is for him. I'm going to do this Bible study for him. I can't wait till he listen. Whole while it was for me. Oh, wow. God wanted me to see, okay, this is what it looks like if you try to run away from me and how I'm still going to be there for you the whole time you're trying to run away from me. So acknowledge what you're doing and stop running. And so that's when I was just like, okay, God, I see. I, I see what you were trying to say to me. Because, <laughs> mm, hey. <laughs> Ain't he good? He like, listen, I know you might, if I tell this, if I tell you it's for you, you might not listen as well. You might not get as deep. You might not do, I'm gonna act like it's for somebody else. Cause then I know you're going to do the work. Then I know, cause you don't play about the people you love. That's how God works. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would have been like, oh no, I I read the book to me. Right. I already know what this about. We going to do roots. <laughs> And I just, I didn't know I was going to learn so much, you know, through that Bible study, but I really did. And I really was like convicted on how much I used to judge Jonah. Mm. The whole while I was Jonah. Mm. My name could have been Jonah in parentheses. Whole, <laughs> whole time. <laughs> so the second thing I have from my notes is I was watching a YouTube video. Um, from, I, I love YouTube. Y'all, it was two two ladies I'm subscribed to. One, she's a Christian YouTuber, and one, she's just like this regular influencer, y'all. But one thing that I felt like God was speaking to me while I was watching the videos and something that reminded me of your story, you said that when you finally got everything good, you got your apartment, you were at a good place. She said that's when you started to get depressed. And what I have been seeing is a lot of the times when things get good, that's when life gets hard sometimes like and that's why I have to keep reminding myself too because people think okay when I get this then everything is going to be good for me I'm just going to be so happy and the one girl she just got married and I'm just like no marriage is supposed to make you happy what do you mean you're sad but Mm. life can happen that way the other girl she just made a move to her dream city this is what she's been dreaming of for four years. She finally made it and she's sinking into depression. So even in our happy moments, we have to dive deep into God. And I love how you were able to pull yourself up out of that. And you started going to church. And I love what you said about fasting because it is so true. Yes. <laughs> God didn't care how you did that fast. He knew how your heart was. And I have to tell myself that every single time I fast, because I put so much pressure on myself, because I'm I'm a stickler on rules, and I mm. feel like I mess up on the rules, I'm bad. But I remember like my first, well, I'll say my second real fast, we couldn't eat until six o'clock. But like I told you, I have asthma, and so I got mm-hmm. a regimen, and so I needed to take my medicine for my regimen. And I was just like, well, God, I need you to be okay with me eating these two crackers a day. And he was like, I don't care about them two crackers a day. <laughs> Y'all just like, I don't care how you do it. Right. Just do it with your whole heart. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> just... And that reminds me of uh, the story with uh, David. 
when God was trying to find the new king. And Samuel, he went to Jesse's house and Jesse brought out all his strong and older sons because they look like what kings would be. And God was like, no, no, none of these people are it. And Samuel was like, I'm sure you don't have another son because God is not seeing all this. And God was just like, you know, I don't see what people see. I see the heart. I and I always have to remind myself of that because I, I honestly like talked about this Saturday because I, I had started dealing with condemnation. And I was just like, I need to really check my feelings about stuff and really check, okay, is, is would God be upset that I'm doing this? Or am I thinking, would people be upset if I do this? Oh, yes. And when I really checked it, it was people would be upset. I, I wasn't even thinking about God because I know that God wouldn't be upset about this because he knows my heart. He knows mm-hmm. how I feel about him. So I do encourage people. God looks at the heart. That's all he's concerned Amen. about. So I want to go back to something you were talking about, about um, the happiness and mm-hmm. joy. A lot of us, we don't really understand how important it is for us to still be in in connection and stay connected to God, stay in that routine when we're having our hot moments, right? It's so easy for us to be going through it, going through a downward spiral, going through depression, anxiety, and call out to God and ask him for his help. But we have to be just as diligent to speak to God and invite him in when we are happy, when we're at our high moments, because if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be there. And there's another point that I wanted to make. Um, I watched this TikTok. Like you said, you love YouTube. I love TikTok. <laughs> and it was this one that said that um, one of the hardest feelings for us to uh, cope with as survivors, as trauma survivors, shoot, just as people living on this earth, we all traumatized in one way or another, <laughs> right? Um, the hardest uh, emotion for us to cope with isn't anger, isn't sadness, but it's joy. It's happiness and it's happiness because when we get happy, we start to question it. We start waiting for the other shoe to drop. We start waiting for us to go back downward. And so Mm -hmm. I just really want us to all like when we are in those joyous and those happy moments, of course, still go to God, but also allow yourself to take a moment or two moments, whatever it takes to actually enjoy where you are. Mm -hmm. Sit in your joy, basically. Sit, yes. Yes. Yep. And I I don't, and I say that, and as I say it, I realize I don't even do that enough myself. So let me take my own preaching mm-hmm. <laughs> and start sitting <laughs> in the joy. <laughs> yeah, that that is very true. Year 29 was a very hard year for me, but I was I was able, you know, with the help of God to pull myself out of that depression. And so now as I, you know, evaluate my past months, I was like, oh, I, I'm really happy. I'm really in a joyful time in my life. I am not you know, yearning for anything. You know, my desires that I have, they're not just like me going to God every day, like, okay, God, I need this. I need this. It's kind of like, okay, God, whenever you give it to me, I'm okay right now. What's the next thing you want me to do for the ministry? You know, mm. I'm happy in that. But then, you know, sometimes I can be, I can be driving down the street. I could be in my room, just watching YouTube in the shower. And then I could just see like this little drop of doubt come in, like, but we could be sad about this. Mm. And I'm like, no, ma'am, no, sir. No, that's not what we're doing. (laughs) 
that just reminds me of a conversation that I had with my therapist. For mm-hmm. you, it was sadness. For me, it was anger. Mm-hmm. I just I just felt like every little thing I was angry. And I remember telling my therapist, I don't want to be angry anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't want it. I don't want that to be the emotion that I'm constantly feeling. I don't want it to be the emotion that's coming out. I want to let go of this anger. And that that just I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you're good. <laughs> but that just reminded me of that. <laughs> bring in like a new emotion for me. I didn't even realize that. And that's so true. People can have different things that affect them. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because it just really opened my eyes up. It's not always sadness. Sometimes it can be anger. It can be other things than just, oh, I'm sad right now. So I'm glad yeah, you- it was like my body was like trying to find reasons like you said trying to find reasons for me to be angry this they did this oh you have to speak up and again that goes back to what I t- when I said God has really been working on me to not defend and not protect myself and allow him to do it because I grew up having to do that for so long mm-hmm. I do love that too because I, I feel like I'm in that same era as you and you know my mama should be mad at me sometimes but I'm just like I'm I, to argue with somebody who I know they just want to argue or I know I'm not going to change their mind. Mm-mm. If they think mm-hmm. I did it, they just think I did it. The Lord will vindicate me. I, I can't do it. I, I cannot do it. Hands up. What's that? Like, what uh, 50 Cent said or whatever they said he did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> you can, and, and that that is, that comes with being at peace. Mm-hmm. There are people right now who they can say whatever they want to say. They can paint whatever picture. I don't even feel the need to defend myself. If you want to believe it, you can believe it. If you want to, you if you want to understand me for me, then come on in. Right. But at the same time, I'm not finna fight with nobody. <laughs> it's a waste of my time when I could be spending it with God. When I could right. be spending it with my family. When I can be sleep. And she was so like that couldn't be me. I was just happy to say something. I was just like, but if I say something, what's the point? It's I'll just be wasting my breath if I say something. It's no reason. You you have to learn to pick your battles and pick peace over any problems. Right. I choose peace every single time. Every day. I saw this now. I saw this on Facebook yesterday. It said that I think that I healed too much. Because my phone is always dry after eight o'clock. And I just put, and what's the problem? I was just going to say, I saw one that said, I didn't piece myself out of friends. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so like, and I did a podcast episode on that because sometimes people, a little, it can get a little addictive where you don't, you fine with nobody talking to you. You fine with it. But yeah, we got to find the balance. Yeah, I got I got to work on my balance because I, I just peace is just it's, it's so good. I got he is. <laughs> my phone stay on do not disturb. That's peace. Right, life. right. And my cousin called me out. She was just like, uh, you know, what time do you want me to come to your house? Because you know your phone say on do not disturb. I said, and that is true. That is so true. Uh, just come at this time. I didn't say I was going to take it off. I just just come at this Just time. come. <laughs> if I don't answer, just remember I told you to come. Right. 
All right, so that's it for part one of the interview. I do want you all to be sure to tune in next week for part two. We talked and God spoke, okay? So I wanted to split this interview up so it wasn't too long, but I also didn't want to cut too much out because God was really moving, okay? So be sure to come back here same time, same place next week to continue the conversation with Lexi B and I. So before we get out of here, I still have two questions for you all because a lot of nuggets were placed, okay? So let me know, what was your key takeaway? And also, did you learn anything new? If you are watching over on YouTube, you can comment in the comment section. And if you're listening on the Spotify app, you can comment in the Q&A portion of the app. I love to hear from you guys, especially on this first Testimony Tuesday interview. So definitely let me know. Give me your feedback. I want to hear it all. I want to hear it all. Okay. And speaking of hearing it all, I want to give a very special shout out to everybody who's watching on my YouTube premiere. I see you. We see each other. Thank you so much for taking time out of your night to spend chatting with me. I really do appreciate it. If you would like to become a part of the YouTube premiere family, I do premiere the podcast episodes over on my YouTube channel at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on Tuesdays. So definitely go over to my channel. Be sure to subscribe, hit the bell notification so you are notified every single time we upload. And also be sure to like the video while you're over there. It does help the it does help the podcast go up in YouTube's algorithm. And then I have to give another shout out to everybody who's listening on the podcast and platforms. I see y'all, okay? I see the numbers going up. I appreciate it. It does not go unnoticed. If you're watching on podcasts and platforms, go to my Instagram and comment a boat emoji. Yeah, comment a boat emoji so I know that you all are coming from the audio platform so I can give you a very special thank you. And then I have to give a very special shout out to all of my Patreon members. I do appreciate y'all so much for supporting the ministry over and above. It truly means the world to me. If you do not know, I do have a Patreon where I have four different tiers. So you guys can click the link in the show notes and check out my Patreon. I have a lot of extra content over there. It's a great time, okay? Go and support the ministry over and above. I thank you for that. And then regardless of wherever you're watching or listening, you know what helps the ministry? If you share this episode with five of your friends, sharing gets the word out, sharing gets more eyes on the podcast. So be a digital disciple and share the podcast. And then if you want to be featured on Testimony Tuesday, I am always taking people to interview. So click the Google form submission for Testimony Tuesday. And then me and my team will be in contact with you to schedule out an interview. I cannot wait for people to hear what God has done for you. All right, y'all. So that's all that I have. So I'm going to go ahead and get up out of here. I do pray that this episode found you blessed and I pray that it left you even more blessed. But in the meantime, in between time, as always, be obedient and I will see y'all next week. Ciao.